so this morning, we are going to be focusing on how we as Christ followers have to commit to the Lord and commit to one another in our everyday lives. We have to commit to each other, especially now in this defining moment, not just for our church, not just for Sherwood Oaks, but individually and and in the greater body of believers in our world right now where many are uncertain, uh, many are, everything's unpredictable. And, And we have to make sure that we are committing to one another in that. So we're in the second week of this defining moment, defining moment series. And this morning we're gonna look at how when we choose to commit to God and one another, it can help us trust God's promises. But committing cannot be conditional and it cannot be circumstantial. To do this, we're gonna be looking at a relationship between Naomi and Ruth. And if you haven't had a chance, um, Ruth is a, is a short book, four chapters. You could read it in five minutes. But there's so much in those four chapters um, that, that I recommend this week you open it and, and just check out that, the life of Ruth and, and the life of Naomi and just how God worked through them. Um, and it, it's amazing because the relationship between Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth, and what they faced and, and their challenges, um, their, their, her, their challenges were great, greater than what we're experiencing right now, even though I know it seems sometimes we're in some, some pretty uh, heavy stuff right now. But they never gave up on that commitment to God. They never gave up on uh, a commitment to each other and um, no matter what their current life looked like. So if you want, you can turn to Ruth 1 um, and, as you're, and it'll be up here as well if you didn't bring your Bibles. But we, um, as, as we're, I'm, I'm gonna start in Ruth 1 verse 15, but I'm just gonna give you a quick kind of summary to where we are when we start reading from uh, Ruth 1. So Ruth is written in the time of Judges. And if you know, if, if you know the site, the judges were, it was, a, it was a huge cycle. I've heard it called the ABCDE where God's people would abandon God. They would go into a time of bondage. They would cry out to God. God would deliver them. And then they would experience a life of ease until they would continue that cycle over and over. So we're in that cycle. We're in that cycle right now. And famine had hit Judah and um, it had claimed the land. And, and in the town of Bethlehem, um, Elimelech took his wife, Naomi, and their two sons, Malon and Kilion, it's not where we got Kilion, but I like it, to flee to, our, my son's Kilion, sorry. Um, but they, they fled to Moab. And uh, while they were there, Elimelech dies. And Naomi is left uh, in, in a foreign land with her two sons, Malon and Kilion. And both of those two uh, marry Moabite women. They, uh, um, sorry, I'm getting my names, Malon, uh, marries Ruth and Kilion marries Orpah, not Oprah. You're not getting a bunch of free stuff this morning. I'm not handing out cars. Um, but in this, in this marrying these Moabite women, um, kind of taken to the land of Moab, right? You, we're, we're becoming Moabites and they've married Moabite women. And uh, the, the story goes on to tell us that for, in about t- 10 years had gone by and both Malon and Kilion die. And so now you're there, Naomi sees this dire situation that she's in. Uh, she's lost her husband. She's lost both her sons. And now it's her and her two Moabite daughter-in-laws in, in a foreign land, worshiping a foreign God. And I, not that they were, but the land worshiped a foreign God. And seeing this dire situation, she actually hears that God had actually come to the aid of his people back in Judah. And so she tells her two daughter-in-laws that God is, um, 
has brought this wrath upon her because of her sin and this, and this bitter at her and not her two daughter-in-law. So she tells them, go ahead back. Go ahead back to your people. Go back to your home. You can find new husbands and you can, you can continue your life there. Um, but I'm going back to be, um, I'm going to go back to my God. I'm going to go back to my homeland. And um, her hope, Naomi's hope is that uh, both Ruth and Orpah can find their kinsman redeemer. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, what that kinsman redeemer or guardian redeemer means. But it essentially is a husband that they can bear a child with that will continue their late husband's name and heritage and lineage on through them. So it was a, a kind of a redeemer or a rescuer to them in, in this case. So um, Naomi was going to go home to her people and her quote was that the Lord's hand had turned against her, she says in Ruth 1.13 and that her sin had caused that bitterness. But I want you to hear, um, I want you to hear what Naomi, um, what Ruth says to Naomi. Ruth 1, 15 through 18. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn my back from you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. That's commitment. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. There's three takeaways that I think we can take away from this small section of, of Ruth, but also just from the book of Ruth itself. Um, I'm going to focus on those three this morning. Um, and, and it's ones that we can take and apply in our own commitment to relationships within our own faith journeys and those of, of the people around us that God's put in our lives. The first one is to focus on God's word and his promises. We can't view our current reality that within God's purpose for us. We can't view that through the lens of circumstances but we must view it through the lens of the promises of God and his word. Because right now, Naomi's not seeing the promises of God in her life. She's not seeing the commitment that God made to her. It's there and we'll, we'll see it as the story unfolds, but she's in the middle of this and doesn't see that it's happening. The second thing we're gonna take away is that we must commit to each other even if it may cost us something. Our focus has to be on others, not on what we may get in return. It's easy to serve others, right, until they start treating you like a servant. And we have to surrender our own expectations. We have to surrender our own expectations and focus on, and I'm sure you've heard the, the acronym JOY. We have to focus on Jesus first, then others, and then yourself. And if we put them in that order, if they're not in that order, we're not going to experience true joy. We're not going to see it if we're not putting those, those, uh, that order, those in order that they should be. That means we as Christ followers have to commit to one another and be there for one another through the highs and lows of each of our spiritual journeys, even in times of bitterness like Naomi. Friends may need space, but never distance. Be a Ruth, not an Orpah. But I'm not slamming Orpah this morning. I don't know that I wouldn't be like Orpah. I don't know that I wouldn't have gone back with my own family because that's where my comfort was, right? I would go back and see if I can find that comfort in my family and in the things that I knew. But so I, I don't know that I would be the Ruth. I hope I would, but we need to be that Ruth, especially now. And the third thing we're going to talk about is we have to choose 
to live a life of commitment, not convenience. Something Jesus and his disciples knew very well. Be there anytime, all the time. Not only when it's convenient. Drop everything when there's a need. And I know that a lot of us see a lot of needs around us just in our church, but also in our greater community right now. And I loved, I love getting to see those needs and see the way that we're able to meet them as a church through our, um, our acts videos that we get to watch each, each Sunday. But I, before we dive into those three points, I want to give you a, a little bit of a background, um, on Ruth before we go. Cause I think it's so important. Ruth is one of the most attractive feminine and godly women of the Bible. We also don't know any sin that Ruth committed. That doesn't mean she wasn't a sinner just like you and me. It means that her love for others outshined her wrongs and her commitment outshined any wrongdoing that, that, that we, we know that she could have committed. The focus is not on where she was or what, or what she had done in her past, but it's how she turned to the Lord and became a godly woman and is responsible for the book of Ruth or is responsible for being, making it into the Bible, sorry. But up until this moment, she was a Moabite woman. She was worshiping a foreign false god or living in a land that did. <clears throat> However, she became the great grandmother of King David. And the New Testament tells us because of that, she's in the, the lineage of Jesus as well. And I love it that her name is still revered today. You see that cycle of that name Ruth was used um, previous generations and now we see it cycling back again. As you read the story of Ruth, who wouldn't want their daughter to share that name? Who wouldn't want their granddaughter to share that name? And so I think um, as we get into these points, keep that in mind where Naomi came from to see this transformation as well. So we're going to start with trusting God even in difficult circumstances. And I love from Job 2.10, Job reminds us this with a question. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? You see, Ruth, Naomi and uh, Job kind of mirror each other a lot in, their, um, in, in the way that their troubles hit their lives. There's a lot of similarities there. Um, R R Naomi's lost everything. She's even lost her livelihood, right? She's in a foreign land and a foreign God. Um, and I want you to think about this question this morning. Why would Ruth go back to Judah with Naomi? Why would she go back? Naomi herself is pleading with her to go home. Naomi is depressed and she's bitter, claiming that, claiming that God's hand had turned against her. Ruth says some of the most powerful words that we'll ever hear when it comes to being committed to someone else in verse 16. And it might be why we hear these words used a lot at weddings. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. It's amazing if we just stop there. Ruth lost her husband too, right? She chooses to share all of, of Naomi's life uh, conditions and she'll cut ties with everything that, that it meant for her to be a Moabite. She's cutting ties with all of that in her own life, her family, her friends, and, um, and taking Naomi's as her own, but she doesn't stop there. She goes further and says, your God, my God. This is important because Ruth would have known the God Sh Chamash, Back in those days, each area or each region had their own god or gods that they worshipped. And so in, in Moab, it would have been this god, Chamash. And Ruth is claiming now not just that Naomi's 
She's claiming Naomi's God. She's saying that Naomi's God is the one true God. She's giving up what it meant, what her God meant, and saying, no, your God, our God, is the one true God. And this decision, though, which is the coolest part about the, the book of Ruth, this decision couldn't have been made now. Because what do we know? Naomi's miserable. She's bitter. She's not showing any side of that faith that I would want to be a part of to go with her. So why would, Naomi, why would Ruth go with her? She tells the people of Bethlehem even to call her not Naomi, which meant pleasant, but to call her Mara, which meant bitter. This is someone who has, is in the middle of something that can't see the light on the other side, right? She's in the middle of uncertainty, in the middle of unpredictability. She's as weary as weary can be. And Ruth must have seen, though, this faith previously in her. She must have seen it the way she lived her life and maybe the beauty that this faith produced in her own life through, through the way when she lost her husband, when she lost her two sons. But we don't get to, we don't get to see that side of the faith. But, but it had to have been there. And I'm sure Naomi was wrestling with this, um, that her own faith in the middle of this as well. She's wrestling this for some time. And now Ruth is solidifying that faith in, in, her, in this decision to go with Naomi and claim her God and her and Yahweh as well, right? Her commitment in verse 17 shows too, it's permanent. It's not conditional. It's permanent. It's until death separates us. And even after death separates us, I'm going to stay here and die in this land also, in this foreign land to me and, and your God's land. So it, that leads us to our next piece. Our commitment is not conditional. Our commitment to each other, our commitment to the church cannot be conditional. Ruth's friendship and loyalty wasn't conditional and it was lifelong and now she's making it eternal. She was making a covenant before God and Ruth even made the statement, a covenant to say, if I don't, keep, if I don't bring up my end of the covenant, may God punish me as well. So she's making it into a covenant that she's going with her, stronger than any commitment she could make. So, but Ruth clung to her and I wanna get into that why, why? I think she knew God's purpose is bigger than any of the circumstances that we're gonna face in this world, right? God's purpose is bigger than anything we could possibly go through in this world. And Naomi lost Elimelech, Malon and Kilion. Ruth lost her husband. Moab is in famine. The only hope she saw was in a promise that there was something better. In the promise that a God that promised to the world um, that the world had taken everything away from her, right? God had promised to give her everything even though the world had taken everything from her. Naomi needed Ruth. We need a Ruth. And I think Ruth's faith proved to be what Naomi needed, but we're gonna see later that Ruth actually needed, needs Naomi as well, the symbiotic kind of relationship that's gonna take place. So up here on the screen, you're gonna see a picture of a fog. And uh, the reason I put this up here is because I don't know if you've ever had to drive in a thick fog before, um, but I want to I just really quickly tell you a story. This last spring break, we, we got away right before kind of the pandemic closed everything down and we were driving. We drove to, to Florida and we didn't leave till really late at night. So we were um, about 40 miles outside of Chattanooga. Um, on I-24 East. And I don't know if you've ever driven that route as you get close to what's called the Cumberland Plateau. Um, it crosses over the mountains and you see, you start seeing the danger, the steep grades, and you see the, the, all the scary um, runaway truck sand ramps off to the side where if the trucks get away from it, they lose their brakes, they'll, they can crash into the sand. And so even under normal conditions, it's kind of a scary spot to be in. 
Well, it just so happened it was pouring down rain, and I've never seen, usually the rain knocks the fog a little bit out of the way, but not this night. It was such thick, thick fog. The rain is pouring down. You couldn't see anything. Um, and, and in the middle of this, you would see some of these truckers were flying by. They knew on the other side of this pass, it's going to be clear skies and everything's going to be great. And then you had some of the, maybe the truck drivers that weren't used to it. They were off on this side, scaring us as they were braking. And, and you're worried they're going to lose their brakes and have to come flying across to get off on the, the runaway kind of ramp. And so I just picture in the middle of that storm, if we could just, we, pretty soon we're going to be in sunny Florida. We're actually in, in a few miles, we're going to be past this and it's going to be clear again. But that's where I think right now, Naomi is sitting in the middle of. And it's impossible to, it's impossible to see the next step ahead that everything's going to be sunny and everything's going to be just fine, right? The truckers that have been down this route before, they've been through it before, they weren't slowing down. They were over in the left lane and they were going for it because they knew they just needed to get through this, this area. And I think that, that that's exactly how Naomi is defeated. She's empty. She's ready to pull over on the side of the road and give up. And, and I think Ruth's commitment to her will eventually help her remember her commitment to God and God's commitment to her. And there was a, there's a song that I'm going to put, there's a, a, a line in um, that uh, it was written about 10 years ago and it was actually written by Nicole Norderman and Amy Grant. And in this song, it's called I'm with you. And it has the, the, this phrase in it. In the way you always loved me, I remember he does too. Isn't that it? I mean, that's this morning even in the midst of whatever we're going through, whatever our world is going through, if we can help people remember that God loves them, right? If we can help them remember and show them that we love them, we can show them and help them remember that God loves them. And I think that's the commitment that we're talking about this morning. No matter what happens, no matter the, the changes in our church, the changes in our world, no matter what our, that quote, new normal that I, I hate hearing, but whatever that looks like, um, we have to remember to, that the way we love others, the way we commit to, one, to others, that's going to help them to see that God loves them and, will com- and is committed to them. And this is exactly what happens. And it could be that unintended consequence that happens for us. So it gets us to our, our, our final point is that it's about commitment, not convenience. Ruth watched Naomi's faith being tested by the circumstances of life and was bitter in blaming God. Ruth saw Naomi's God our God, prove over and over again that he's sovereign. I'm sure she'd heard Naomi's stories growing up or in these last 10 years. I'm sure she watched her faith prove strong, losing her husband, her sons. And now that she's heard that God had come to the aid of his people back home, the faith she had to still be willing to go home, right? That a God loves her enough that's gonna take her back when she does come back home, that's faith. She may not see it, but Ruth saw it. Ruth saw the faith that she had, even when she didn't know it. And she never, um, and, and she, she saw her faith to believe that, that God was going to accept her. And I love it said that she was full when she left, but she's empty now. She desperately needed Ruth. And I think many of us can relate to that right now. This season of uncertainty that a lot of us are in, um, and I, and I, I wrote down just a few things that I, that I know personally in my network that people, the uncertainty and the unpredictability that people are going through. Um, I talked about the things we've missed out on over these last six months or more. Seeing our kids struggling with e-learning. Some, some of you guys trying to balance this being working from home and, and, and being your child's teacher. 
And even some of the, the teachers being expected to, to teach from a whole new platform. And just as they start to figure it out, they make them switch or something goes wrong with that platform. And so I, I see this uncertainty all around us. And, and maybe for you, it's not being able to be at church with the people that do fill us, right? Naomi's empty. We, we're empty. And when we isolate ourselves and we don't have anyone that's committed to us, it, it, it feels impossible. We want to pull over on the side of the road and give up. But I, but I know for, for, for me, I'm filled when I'm here and I'm filled when I'm in the presence of God. I trust his promises no matter what's going on. And I think that's what we can learn as we read through Ruth. Ruth, um, in Ruth's situation, she wouldn't abandon Naomi and let her face her future alone. She's willing to leave everything she knew. And this teaches us what commitment to one another looks like. We as the church, we as Sherwood Oaks, we are in a huge defining moment right now. And, and I think our people, many of our, many of our people around us, not even in our church family, but people in our, in our community are hurting. And they need to know that someone is committed to them because they're not maybe feeling that God's committed to them. And I think that's for us this morning is um, in the rest of this story, we get to see the other side of this relationship take root. Um, it's Ruth that needs Naomi. We're not gonna dig too deep into this other side this morning just for the sake of time, but um, the rest of the story is still filled with some uncertainties throughout the entire story, but um, we get to see how God shows up and is with Naomi and Ruth every step of the way, even when they don't see it. So Ruth meets Boaz. Um, Ruth is, um, it, it kind of happens unexpectedly and um, he's actually a kinsman, a family member of Elimelech. Ruth is out gleaning and that was a, a practice where the, after the fields were cleared of grain, um, the poor were allowed to go and glean the fields for any leftovers they could kind of scrounge up to take home with them. They could glean the fields and take over and it just so happens. I don't believe it just so happens. God was working. Ruth shows up in Boaz's field. Boaz takes notice of her and asks about who she is. And the first words that Ruth hears out of Boaz's mouth have to come as a welcome shock. And those words were, the Lord be with you. Her first words she hears. She's a Moabite woman. That means she shows up in Judah. She's either, she's gonna face, she could be, beaten she could be killed there were there you didn't cross through those towns together and here's a Moabite woman asking for mercy in a field and the first word she hears is the Lord be with you that had to come as such a, a relief as she's there and I love the I love the story that um Boaz tells tells her um tells her the story under and I love this piece in verse 12. It says, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Talking about his God, talking about our God. That she, and she had no idea where she'd shown up. Boaz tells her to stay and that no one will harm her. Do you know why? It says he finds out who she is and he tells her because of her loyalty and commitment to Naomi. He wants to bless her and tells her not to glean in any other fields and he will protect her. He will guard her. He will be her redeemer if he can. And I love this part. Boaz, um, Boaz tells her to stay here, that he will take her and be her guardian redeemer, her kinsman redeemer, um, if she stays. And, and I love this piece. A guardian redeemer is actually a family member in Hebrew custom and law that uh, we talked about earlier that could take a widow as their, their own wife of their family member. And then any children they have would continue that name through, through their, through their um, 
dead husband's family. And, and I love the point here that, um, that Boaz is honest and he, and he, so it's another hiccup in the road, but he's honest and says, actually though, there's a closer kinsman redeemer. There's a closer redeemer than me. And so in, in wanting to be, uh, he's, upright, he's an uprighteous person. He wants to make sure that he's doing things right. He goes to this other relative and says, and tells him the story and tells him that um, there's a, you can be the guardian redeemer and um, this man actually passes on that obligation and makes it legal for Boaz to become her guardian redeemer. He surrenders his duty to Naomi and, or to Ruth and, and Boaz gets to take her as his wife. They marry and Ruth is blessed with a son, Obed. This son is actually the grandfather of King David. So you have God working through a foreigner, through a Moabite, brings her into his family and produces through her King David and later on past and generations down the way, Jesus. And I love I love how the book of, of Ruth ends with the women who are elated for Ruth, but they turn to Naomi and they say that they, Naomi has a son. You see, when God redeems us, he does give us a son. He gives us Jesus. The book of Ruth starts with death, but it ends with life. Our commitment to each other through uncertainty, through darkness, through even death will help us remember who's our guardian redeemer. This morning, if you've already asked Jesus to be your guardian redeemer, if you've already asked him to redeem you in, in this life, I wanna ask, I wanna leave you with a couple questions to ask yourself. What keeps us from committing to the people that God has placed in our lives? Is it busyness? Is it apathy? Is it expectations, fear, self-doubt, anger, uncertainty, temptation, vulnerability, past experiences, selfishness? What is it that keeps us from committing to others the way we see Naomi, Ruth committing to Naomi? And the next question is, what level of commitment are you willing to establish with others, with Sherwood Oaks as a, as a church family and with God? What level of commitment are you willing to establish? And the next one's kind of personal. Is there someone that you need to call this week and thank them for their steadfast commitment to you? Maybe through your troubles, through your dark place, through your fog, that, kept, that, that were committed to you? Do you need to call and thank them? And maybe there's someone you just need to call and tell them that you are that person for them, that you're committed to a steadfast, loyal friendship or relationship with them. As we get ready and prepare this morning for communion, I want you to see a similarity um, this story has. Fast forward to the New Testament in Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 says it this way. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple of the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. If you haven't if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your redeemer this morning, if you haven't allowed him to be your guardian redeemer, let today be that day. God allows us all, wherever we've come from, we saw that. Whatever our past looks like, we saw that. Whoever we once were, we saw that. It doesn't matter when we allow Jesus to be our kinsman redeemer. He invites us into his family and we get to be heirs in his kingdom of heaven through our redeemer, Jesus. 
We, just like Ruth, are accepted into his family because of what he did for us on the cross. And in a second, we get a chance to share that, to share in communion with Jesus, with all the people that have gone before us that helped us to be in this moment we are today. Whether we're in that fog or whether we're on the other side of it, this is our opportunity to share in that, um, in that communion with him. So I, I hope that this time is refreshing. Ruth started with death, but it ends with life. And so does our faith. So let's pray. God, we just thank you that you are our kinsman redeemer. God, that you sent Jesus to fill a void that no one else could. God, to, to be committed to us when if people knew what the ugliness inside of us and the, the th- our past and um, God, even some of our thoughts um, probably wouldn't do that for us, God, but you know those and you still became our kinsman redeemer. And God, we thank you for that. God, we just pray this morning that um, God, you just uh, break our hearts if they need broken, mend our hearts if they need mended, God, and just help us to be that in this world and in our church as we saw Ruth and Naomi's relationship today. God, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.